Hello, and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where my guests and I share tips and tricks to inspire you to build a great personal brand, to increase your visibility and authority. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I'm so excited to be joined by Brett Trainer. Brett is a CEO, podcast host, investor, business coach, who has more than 25 years of sales experience, uh, experience in marketing, sales, and customer service. He now works with entrepreneurs and business owners to overcome challenges and take their businesses to the next level. Although he primarily works with established startups who are looking to get to the next level, he also works with early stage startups and large and global corporations. Brett, thank you so much for being here. Well, Claire, thank you very much. <laughs> I may have to borrow that intro for future. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, that was me. Yeah. Um, so I was on your podcast last year and I was like, you know, I really want to uh, talk to you because I feel like we had such a great conversation and um, I feel like what makes a great podcast are the conversations. Agreed. So I, you know, you and I kind of work with some similar people um, and there's some, Picadillos, shall we say, with some some people, and we're you know dealing with the, you know scaling and their brand and marketing and things like that. So I felt like we would be able to talk so much about it. So one of the things um, I I was looking at the notes that you sent. Why is content no longer an option? I again, part of that is learning from you because right when I had you on the podcast, <laughs> you're the first person that was really that I was aware of talking about content and the personal brand. And, you know, up until then it was the influencer and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And the deeper I got into it and working with these companies, it's, it was the organic search. It was the content, the value add when people are trying to find you that Facebook ads right out of the box and transactional type stuff just doesn't work anymore. Right. The, the, especially in the B2B side, people have got so much smarter <laughs> or more sophisticated mm -hmm. as buyers and that those tactics yeah. just didn't work. And so if I, you and I have a conversation, they go to my website and there's nothing there, there's nothing validates what we've talked about. So yeah, I jumped on that content is you have to, right? especially as a small company. Yeah. I mean, and so I know that I struggle with, with some, with this, with, with clients, um, that they don't understand, like, building a brand is not an overnight thing. It is, it does take time. It's a compounding effect. Like how do you deal with sometimes people are going, but, but it's taking a while. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think, cause it is the long game. And that's one thing I've accepted that this isn't going to be a, a three month or a six month or 12 months. There's some tactics you can use to help accelerate it. Um, but it's really about starting to build that foundation. And one of the things I need to get better at is actually the call to actions, right? Because I have, mm -hmm. what, 175 episodes of the podcast and a bunch of content, but I'm not, I need to get better at getting people to take action with, with what I'm doing. And so there, there's always that learning curve. But one of the interesting things, and now I'm going to draw a blank of which guest it was, was talking about instead of paid ads, like in LinkedIn and some of the personal content, it's more uh, paid organic. Right. Say, hey, here's uh, mm -hmm. a checklist that you could use. Right? Reach out to me if you have any questions. So it's much less about building the transaction, but adding value from a paid. So I don't do a whole lot of paid yet. That could be down the road. But I know yeah. that it but it, it still comes back to the value added content. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, whenever um, I feel like every experience I have, I always kind of layer that extra little bit of 
learning experience into that. And when I was running ads, one of the things I was doing YouTube ads, this was last year, and there's a little stat um, called view through. So it means that literally they see it, they open up a new tab, and what do they do? Probably Google you. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So yeah, so you're, um, that's one of the biggest things that people don't understand. They're like, well, no, no, I'm going to start out and I'm going to, um, you know, do some ads. And you're like, okay, what's going to happen when they jump off the page and they do their research? Because it's going to happen. Um, I actually had um, somebody on um, last week and we were talking about how a lot of people go out to their communities to ask, like, who would you recommend for this, this, and this? Again, I'm using myself as an example. When I do, when I find, you know, someone says, okay, these are the top five people. Great. Thank you. Now I'm going to do my research. It's not like I don't trust those people, but you still want to know. I mean, you still want to find out what you find out. Um, so you know, the brand is go- is always so important. And that's the one thing that people just don't understand. Um, and, and, it, and it's, I was just going to piggyback up and, and it's the personal side of it. Right. I had, I don't know if yeah. you've talked to Marty Sanchez, but he's, he runs a little shop called, uh, God bless it. I'm just like, I'll send it to you, put in the show notes. But what, yeah, what yeah. stuck out with me with that interview is he, he's talked about the rise of the inbound CEO. Right. So if you're the okay. CEO or running a, a small, large organization, you have to be the, the face of it anymore. I mean, there's probably, you probably have some tactics to how you can get around it, but people want to buy mm-hmm. from people. And the more you're out there, right? Whether I guess you could put it in writing or podcasts or video, wherever you're more comfortable, people want to know who the voice is behind the brand. And mm-hmm. I think it's interesting where it's going. And like I said, you're, you're probably living it every day with, with folks. But like I said, I think, you know, we're all becoming our own individual media companies, whether we like it or not. Yeah. And the sooner we start doing it, I mean, it's, I think you'll, you'll agree with this, that it's, it's not too late, right? We're still so early in the, the start of this game that if you can start now, you're still going to be well ahead of the game. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you start a YouTube channel now, I've seen people that are doing exceptionally well that started it last year. You have to figure out what you're really good at and do that. You know, you have to have a strategy. You just can't like wing it. I mean, you may be able to wing it if you know people that can, you know, there's, yeah. there's plenty of ways to, to jump in front, whether it's tons of ads or knowing somebody and that kind of thing. But one of the things that I did want to ask you is that how do you see company branding and executive personal branding <clears throat> evolving? Like this, we were just t- touching on that, but look, I want to dig into that a little deeper. Um, What's your take on that? Yeah, I think for, it depends on, I think for any size company, like unless you're running enterprise where you're a large company, I think even a mid-market, your customers are going to want to know who's who's leading this company. And I think the values of that brand or you, hopefully it's the authentic mm-hmm. you because it's really hard to pretend to be somebody else on all channels all the time and have it be consistent. So I don't think there's, I, I think, whether you like it or not, it's, it's going to be part of part of the job. And I think getting that team around you, which it took me a long time to do because I was doing everything myself forever. And I recently started bringing in some help and started to figure out mm-hmm. how to better leverage some of the things that I'm doing. And to be honest with you, when I started this, I was not comfortable. People are like, you have a podcast, <laughs> right? They can't get over that. The fact, and you know, it was one of those 
when I first hit record, which is three years ago, you know, it took me probably three months to hit record for the first time. And I still hate listening to old interviews, just I'm not even old. I could go back two weeks and still be uncomfortable listening to it. But it's the only way you're you're gonna get better. Um yeah. So I think right now part of it is what what do I do with all this content, right? How do I optimize for it that I have it? So I'm I'm sure there's like I said, better ways for me to do things and take advantage of it. So that's kind of where I'm but at. We, as long as you're learning and you're open, it that's the that's the biggest thing. It's just it's when you kind of shut down, you don't want to listen to experts and you don't, you know, <clears throat> that's when you'll stop learning, you'll stop growing, you'll stop being getting better. Yeah. Um, I mean, and one of the, the things, because people sometimes are just like, Claire, you're really good on camera. And you do have a great a radio voice, too. So you got camera and the Thank voice you. going. <laughs> but but I was an actress and my job was to audition in front of people <laughs> every day, five auditions a day, every day. That was my job. Um, it's funny because sometimes people, they, I, I felt like auditioning was my job because that's what I did consistently every day. And then you, you, you would sometimes win by getting an actual job, but it wasn't like you were doing that every single day. So, um, that you have to do it over and over. And one of the biggest things with acting coaches is I, as I recorded myself, um, I always saw what I looked like on camera. I worked on not having strange things that I do, right? Sometimes I still do. I, I use my hands and things like that. But um, it just makes you think about what you're doing. So my, like, because you were saying, well, I'm getting, I don't like to look at the old ones. And and if you're talking to somebody who's who's just scared to jump in, just jump in, just do it. There's not, there's no reason to stop doing it. And the people that are really good at it will bounce higher. So work at it, <laughs> get better at it because when you're really good on camera and you are giving great, great information, that's, what's going to kind of make you go up. Um, and, and yeah, that's, it's such a crazy. So when you're working with startup people, do they understand that they need to, is yeah. is that kind of a hard thing? Cause they're like, sometimes I find startup people, they're so in the weeds in their business and trying to get traction, right? That's like the big thing that everyone wants to know. What's your traction? What's your traction? Um, and do you find that sometimes they, they, they're like, Oh, I don't want to work on my personal yeah, brand. I would say 95% right. Don't want to do it. Or they want to write an article or be a guest on one podcast or come on your podcast mm -hmm. twice or something like that. And then, then be done with it. And, I just tell it, you're just creating a longer road for yourself because if you don't have, everything's digital, whether we like it mm -hmm. or not. And, you know, I, that came from a sales world a long time ago where you could actually influence, you can still influence sales, but outreach, you could go get business really hard to do that. Right. People are coming for the content. What are the value? And I think one of the things that one just getting started is it's okay to give away your good stuff. That took a long time for me yeah. to get over because I'm like, why don't I want to give my good stuff? Then they'll steal. No. What I found is most people aren't do-it-yourselfers and the do-it-yourselfers mm -hmm. were never going to buy from you anyway. So you might as well give it to them anyhow. So, well, and they're going to have to listen to all 300 of your podcasts <laughs> or whatever it is. Right. You're like, have fun. Yeah, it's there. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think it is, but like, like, like I said, folks like you that are out there evangelizing this and getting out and say the personal brand is not just for, you know, 
TV or, or ads. It, it's your business. This separating yeah. the personal from the business is, is going to be really hard. Or I guess maybe the better way to, to think about it is you want it to be personal as part of your brand because people buy. I think the more human the brand is, the more likely are for business, especially in the world you know, that I'm working on, mm -hmm. you had mentioned that I moved into the kind of the zero to 10 and even more recently into the freelancer world, right? Because I believe one, that all freelancers view themselves as business owners, right? But they left a corporate job, right. usually they're doing some sort of service. The stats show that the majority of them are more like 90% aren't making a hundred thousand in revenue, which again, you don't have to, you could do freelancing for a reason, but if you're trying to build that freedom and flexibility, you've got to create that personal brand around that service that you're doing. So I, I almost. Well, you, you don't have to, but if you don't, you're going to have a much harder time. Yes. And the people that are, are going to succeed much faster and maybe get reach higher levels than you. So you don't have to, you just realize that you probably won't reach the height that other people in your, your market are that are doing personal. And you're going to have to work harder. Um, right. Cause you're going to have to convince yeah. more people because your content can convince people to work with you. Right. Cause I'll, I'll meet somebody on LinkedIn. It's like, oh, I see your content all the time on LinkedIn. I'm like, ah, I'm sorry about that. He's like, no, it's, it's good. But again, it's just to yeah. reinforce that. Oh yeah. This guy's out there talking about these things. Oh, he's talked to Claire about, you know, the personal branding. So, you know, it's not only what I know, it's, I get to learn from you and the different guests that are coming on. And you, you mentioned earlier, yeah. always be learning. And, you know, I think I re, re-engaged with that about three years ago and it's yeah it's just not, in the world we're living in you have to because it's changing you have so to. quickly right well, now i i feel like i i it's funny because i come up i don't know it's it's i'm always like i'm always like taking little notes for a, a future book right so i'm like coming up with like little things that i'm i'm oh i thought of this idea um and so one of the things that i thought about and i i was in um chicago with some clients and they are a private equity firm so trying to make a private equity firm sexy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So anyway, so I was saying, you know, when you started your, your very first job, like right out of college, maybe your boss was, was a baby boomer or, you know, and like, there was just the way that they did this stuff. Right. right. And, 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 and the baby boomers and like maybe the older Gen Xers were, maybe those were your, the target market, right. Cause they were in that sweet spot of like, you know, 20 something to 35 or whatever. So as the, the people are growing out of that, you know, now we're in millennials and like the Gen Z's are coming up, but the, but the, some of the people who are still at the top have forgotten who their target market is. They're right. still doing the same marketing they learned when they were 21 in their first job. And you're like, your target market has changed. You're not marketing to the people that are retired. You're marketing to these people that are now making decisions, right. whether they're your same age, a little bit older than you or younger than you. That's who you need to market to. And so it's funny. because I said, I said something about like being, you know, like the younger Gen Xers in this. And he's like, oh, no, am I an older Gen Xer or a younger Gen Xer in this? I go, you missed the whole point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, but it was just like this, this thing of, you know, the always be learning, but you have to objectively look in marketing you have to be objective and and it's a, it's often a really good thing to have people to on the outside to say okay objectively this is what you're doing right this is what you're doing wrong this is how we should change it because there's really no other way to do that and you have to have strategy otherwise you're just kind of like i hope this works <laughs> and they say hope's not a strategy right so it's uh, yeah i know no well so 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to to finish with that, right? Because you know, one of the things that we used to, I spent a lot of time in the enterprise side with the B2B is the buyers and how that was changing and how people buy. Now all these buyers are in their 20s and early 30s. Everything's off the mobile device, right? And they're looking to validate. They're getting recommendations from their friends. They're going to look it up. And again, what we talked about, they're going back to look to see, are you the person that everybody said it is? And is there a content mm-hmm. and you know, validation behind it. So even if the company you're selling, I don't even care what the product is anymore. More and more buyers are going to be in their 20s and 30s because people are retiring and moving on. And these are now entry level jobs in some cases. So it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it took me a while to realize that the world had completely changed and content is, like I said, it's, it's not optional anymore. And it's, I, and again, I think mm-hmm. we can wrap our heads around marketing and Facebook ads and writing good copy, but you know, one of the things that I still struggle with, and I had a former management consulting colleague tell me all the time, he's like, Brett, done is better than perfect. <laughs> so and- that was going to lead me to my next question about per- perfectionism, because I know that that's one of the things that you that you talk about. So what role does perfectionism have in building, you know, your brand, your business, everything? What? Yeah. And I think it's because I could write this just a little bit better. Or, I mean, to be honest with you, where I struggle with, where do I start this story when I start to write blog posts, right? Do I go back to the beginning or do I save what I think is a really good blog post for a specific time? And there's other folks that are just stream of consciousness that they're writing as they go and as they think. And I still over-index to the side of perfection of not doing it, just getting back to your point, get it out there. It's going to get better. Measure it to see what's working. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things I've definitely found with my content is I have no idea what's going to resonate and what's not. Where I thought I knew what a good piece of content was, and you know it does okay on LinkedIn and or Medium in those cases where I thought, and then mm-hmm. others that I'm like, oh, that was kind of a throwaway post, but it's doing well. So if you've got any suggestions on how to and where, I do think the personal side of the content does a lot better. And again, that's not scientific by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I feel like most of what I've learned is kind of the hard way. <laughs> um, I started a lot of this stuff. Like I had a, I used to have a gluten-free food um, show on my YouTube channel. Um, go check them out. They're still there. Um, and I just did whatever I wanted. And some of my favorite recipes didn't do well. But once I started kind of saying, okay, what do people want to know? And I created content around that, that did well. And then I could, sh- then I could also layer in stuff I wanted to do. So it, it can't be what you want to do because your personal brand isn't for you. It's for your audience. Right. So if you're creating the audi- your content that your audience wants and go go f- figure out what people are searching for, plenty of, of, of sites where you can see what people are actually searching for. That's what you need to be creating content. You know, I often will find co- conversations like this, other podcasts, clients that all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast on this subject. I am going to do a post or a a blog on this subject because if my client has this question, if my client is struggling, struggling with this, if someone I'm speaking to is struggling with this, this is a real issue and someone else is struggling with it too. So you could just randomly find something that works, but usually finding something that kind of trends um, is better. Yeah, no, I think that that's so true. And I think the other mistake, a lot of my clients make is they want to talk about themselves, features and benefits and yes. these things. And that, that doesn't work either. Nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. You're absolutely right. Nobody cares. Um, 
And and it's really hard for someone to, to hear. Yeah. It's hard. Nobody cares. They don't. So, you know, you can layer in some of these other little things. It's but to be a CEO, to be successful, you have to have a thicker skin. So yes. if this is hard for you, get over it. Get over it. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you've got to get over it. Shake it off. Get over it. Like I always feel like everyone's always just kind of like struggling and they, they struggle to move forward. I don't know. My mom, my mom used to have a saying, you can, you can have a pity party for 15 minutes after that. Get over move it. Move on. It's time. Yeah. Right. Move on. No, I, yeah. Like, so what? Somebody hurt your feelings. Get over it. Like, yeah. So that's the thing. It's that people, yeah, we have to tell people the hard thing. Hard things. And if you're going to hire an expert, and they don't tell you the hard thing. They're probably not. As you say, try not the right experts to be working. You've got to have somebody. Yeah, you need somebody that's just going to tell you really what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, and yeah, perfectionism isn't serving you. So, what's the one of the biggest misperceptions that your clients have about branding? I think it's that they can influence it, and and I'm maybe not saying that the right way, but the clients are going to yeah, have their perception of your brand. And you, there's okay. not much you can do to control it. You can put the content out there. You can engage with folks. But at the end of the day, and I forget who told me that the, the brand, the uh, customer's perception of your brand, or that's what your brand is. It's your customer's perception of you and your company. And you can't tell people what your brand is, <laughs> right? You can work and do, and your actions are going to speak louder than words. But I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is, hey, we got a really good widget and a feature. And we do this better than anybody else. And I'll tell people, you know, different is better than better 100% of the time. Because how do you convince mm -hmm. somebody that yours is better? Unless it's like 10x better, you can demonstrate that this is a next generation. But very rarely is our products or services that much better than the competition. So how do you find what is that? What's different about it? And how do you tell that story a little bit different? And coming from a non-marketing side, that's been an evolution for me as well to start thinking more to your point on what's the customer, but what are the stories and why are you different? And I, I think probably the last thing I would go back to on that would be think about it. It's, it's not the solution. It's the problem you're solving. And I think too often, you know, more in the startup space, I think founders fall in love with the solution and not falling mm -hmm. in love with solving the problem because over time it may change how you solve that problem. But if you're focused and your customers know this is the problem that you solve, they're going to come to you because they know you're, that's what you do. And like I said, mm -hmm. I think go look at a ton of brands and figure out what is the problem they're solving. I'd have no idea. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I, I think also, Usually a lot of startups start because they solved a problem that they were having, the start, the founder or their founder saw this issue and said, I can invent that or I can do that. And so that's kind of how you can share your story to solve the problem instead of just going, but I did this thing and it's so great. You should buy it. <laughs> to your point, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the hard truth and the hard reality. And people just need to understand that. And then <clears throat> it'll be okay. Yeah. So what are the biggest, what are the biggest challenges that you find that your clients are facing? I think it's that is, I think there's, I think there's two. So on the, the lower end of the, the smaller companies, right? I, I tell them maximize your network. 
right? Because if you can't sell your product or your service into your network, it's going to be really hard to sell it to somebody that doesn't know you or knows your, your product. So make sure you're doing everything you can to maximize that that network. And then that's when you need, that's when the real fun starts is when you try to expand beyond that network. And what I found historically is most don't make it right. They don't get beyond that network. Mm. They get burned out. They don't know how to reach their ideal prospects um, or their tactics don't work and they just run out of time and money. And it's unfortunate because there's, I, I truly believe there's a ton of really good companies that don't make it just because of execution, not, not the idea. And this great tying all the way back to the content piece is that's where the content and the foundation is you're working to maximize your network. That foundation is going to start to bring in other people that, Oh, I heard about this on a podcast. What do they do? And then slowly that organic is going to start to build. And you, that's the way you're going to scale is with people that don't know you Mm -hmm. versus the people you do. And if you're fortunate enough to have a large network, you can sell, you're going to grow a pretty good sized company, but most of us don't have that big of a network. And so that's where, that's where yeah. I really think that the content comes in is to that next level. Yeah. I, I, I um, a, a, someone that wanted me to do coaching with them, they listed like, these are the personal brands that I liked and they listed Gary V. So I went down the, you know, you listen to watch some of Gary V's reels and one stuck out with me. He said like, one of the biggest reasons why people don't succeed is the execution. Um, and, and he was saying the reason I succeeded is because I was sharing everything. I was sharing my failures. I was sharing everything that I was doing and people were just kind of like, oh, wow, you're an expert. And he's like, I am (laughs) right. You know, I, I became an expert because of things I was doing wrong and ways that I needed to make it work. Right. I needed my business to succeed. So I learned, I, you know, I am a marketer, so I learned, okay, you know, marketing is constantly changing. Every day there's like a new algorithmic update on Facebook, this and that, that, that. You have to keep up on them, at least our team does. Um, So you have to constantly evolve. Like I used to do this. I have to do that now. It's just the way it is. So many things in business, sales, like there's, you've just got to evolve. Yeah. Um, Because the customers are and the buyers are, they don't care about your sales process. They don't care about your marketing, right? They've got a problem. They need to solve it. And if it's really hard to work with you or they can't really tell what you do, it's going to be hard to, to do business with them. So like, I, I do think we yeah. really overcomplicate this sometimes. And again, one of the lessons I've learned more recently, and I started to put it into my content is, you know, just sharing what I, what, what didn't work for me. Right. And, or what has worked for me is I'm going through this journey, building this, this business now and say, Hey, if it works for you, great. <laughs> right. Or here's not what I didn't work. And just as a, as a heads up, and I find people relate to that a little bit better than, just coming out of a, you know, a textbook or subject matter. So that's, that, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second because I've got a, a question because okay. you know, I do have, you know, quite a number of years of experience. And before I started doing the podcast, I would have told you I knew 90% about go-to-market, right? There's probably a few things that, but once I started interviewing folks like you and founders, I realized I probably knew 60%, maybe 70% and everything's starting to change. So how do you communicate that to your buyers that, hey, I'm not just a person that that's done it or work with startups, but I'm working with with experts to bring in the best practices. That's something I haven't figured out how to incorporate into my. You don't tell them you do it. Okay. You just start sharing best practices. Oh, interesting. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) 
Yeah. So it's just, it's just that that's, that's the thing. It's just a lot of people get into this thing of like, well, I did these great things and they're all in the past. Yes, they are all in the past. You can't do anything about it. You could just, I did this great thing five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Next. No, right. So you have to somehow figure out how to share that information to help someone today. Makes sense. That's it. Do you think we overcomplicate it too in the sense of, I guess, because maybe because the couple of years I spent management consulting, everything is like three levels deep and you just you have to show your worth by the processes. And what I'm finding is this simple, I, simple tends to work a little better. <laughs> I think because um, I have worked for myself. I mean, acting, you work for yourself like you are your own boss. Yeah. You have to say, I'm going to take this acting class. I'm going to do this thing to better myself. Right. So you are your own boss. So I've been my own boss so long that I forgot what it was like to have all these, you know, cogs and, you know, going th these things and these, these barriers. So sometimes when I have to deal with a corporation, we have corporate clients. Um, and I'm always just like, Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> what this was like. So it just takes so much longer. So I just think, yeah, I just, yeah, you have nothing, you have nothing to keep between you and your, your, you know, ideal client. Just go help. Have conversations. You know, that's, the other thing that's, that's kind of helped is I don't, I don't worry about it now if somebody doesn't want to do business with me. Right. Cause that took a while too. Like, like, oh, you work yeah. really, really hard and it's, they're just not buying. But now I'm like, you look, if it's not a great fit and we don't, connect out of it. Oh, I'm okay with it. We'll move on. It's going to save us both a lot of time. It's interesting um, because my team now kind of sees how difficult it is to work with because every person on the team has, has an, a little bit of something that they do um, for that client. And yeah, it's like when we get to a point where like, we're probably going to have to fire this person. They're like, please, please. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, it's so hard because they don't see what you're doing. They don't value what you're doing. They fight what you're doing. Yes. And it's when you have the clients, like we do our, you know, we have clients that are, that are fighting. They, they're, they're, so they're, they're pulling their numbers and everything they're doing down. So you're trying this to go like this, but they're bringing it down. And then you have the clients that leave you alone. And when you say, I need you to do this, they do it. So they are going like this. And then they're just, they're, it's because they trust in the process. Yeah. You're going to hire someone, trust in the process or don't hire them. Such a good point. And it do is, your homework. It is the process. Go to an expert, trust them. Follow the advice. And if it doesn't work for you, yeah. then you can make a change. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's. The corporate mentality can hurt you because you're kind of used to essentially ruling by committee, right? Right, right. There's not one person going to make one, the decision or three people or, you know, right. Five so you know, people, that. Was like, people, the, yeah. All of these people need to, and then you have the politics involved, which may not make the right person come to the top. And so, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to deal with. Oh, the politics, right? Yeah. Make sure, you know, CYA so that you didn't get fired. Right. I'm like, life's too short. I mean, I'm happy to work with you, but yeah, it's harder. I mean, part of that's the qualification process too. Right. And, but yeah, but I do think your content can help tell that story is the type of yes. customers that work best with you. And like I said, if, if they're going to fight it, it's going to be, it's going to be hard on both sides. I, I actually had a client I, before he signed, I said, my, you have to have altruism, altruism in your heart. You have to want to give 
without asking for anything in return. Um, you know, if that's something that you can do and you can trust our process, we will work well together. He said, yes, he is the day one. He fought me. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and you're like, I told you what it was going to be like. Yeah. I told you and you fought me. It's like, I feel like sometimes people just don't listen. They don't listen. And they're like, I know that you're the expert and I know that your clients get results and I want all of that, but I also still want it my way. Yeah. And you'd think, what when, do you do when you have a client like that? that? That happens. It doesn't happen as frequently because I do think I'm getting better at being able to, to, to kind of flush that out early. But, you know, it's somebody brings you in. You know, this was, I'll give you an example. It was, I think they were probably about a $200 million company. Kind of went flat, but has had a good product 20 years. It's owner led, right? So decent team, but small, but very impressive what they did, but things have gone flat. And so they'll brought us in or brought me in to say, Hey, what do we do with some of the sales marketing? And basically gave different recommendations and said, Hey, this is the way to do it. But if you decentralize it and have it run through this, it's just not efficient. It's not going to, at the end of the day, that's what he wanted to do, regardless of what I said. So. But I didn't fight that one as long as I would have in the past to say, to try to really hmm. make him see what it is. It's either they're, they're on board or they're not. And it's really, really hard yeah. to convince somebody otherwise. Yeah. But I, the content and, and definitely in, um, you know, our sales calls and stuff, we always, the messaging is the same, you know, altruism, giving, trust the process, blah, blah, blah. Like you just have to do it. Sometimes they'll, 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 They'll lie to you. Right. <laughs> Obviously, some of people will lie to you to work with you. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Now, and, um, and hopefully you can, like I said, f kind of flush that out kind of early so it doesn't. Because you're right. It can yeah. put a strain on the team if everybody's yeah. having a bad experience and nobody likes to work yeah. with it. And, um, yeah, it's just it's just not worth it. So, yeah, part of what I work yeah. with, with these, these businesses now is to say, hey, who do you really want to work with? Right. That's going to be part of it because figure out who you want to work with and the type of work you want to do. Those are two critical pieces. You know, one of the part of my journey was, you know, the end of last year, actually in the middle of last year, I was in like three or four different engagements and they're very different. And it really hit what I like to do, what I didn't like to do and who I, I would like to work with. So I basically pivoted. That's why the podcast has kind of been now rebranded. My business has gone into a direction more in line with what I want to do. Right. And I think I can mm -hmm. add more value. But part of that, it was letting go of some of those businesses and clients that I know I could still add value, but it wasn't, it just didn't, wasn't in alignment with, with, with yeah. what I was doing. So it's hard just to walk think, away, but. Yeah, I think, but I think that's one of the biggest things is like, if you learn from what worked and what didn't work and you kind of are more, you know, moving in that direction of what is working and what you enjoy and, um, you will have a better business, but ultimately you've got, you, you're not going to be perfect. You are going to have a client that sucks from time <laughs> to time. You're going to learn how not to get them again. And I think that's one of the biggest things that listeners, people watching can, can learn is that you're not going to be perfect when you start out. It's fine. We both made mistakes and we had to learn. And that's just the, so, we, so you can't, I don't remember who said this, but I, I heard it once where it was like, you can't, um, divine someone's success at the moment like when you see them you don't know what led to that point because right. you're just like well they're so successful it looks like they just they just started they're so young they're my age why aren't i don't compare yourself you don't know what led to that point just so like, you true. know i think the the thing that we've been talking about is just 
you know, just do it, like go perfectionism and learn and grow. And yeah. you're going to, you know, that's going to help your business grow. And it's, it's not back to the point. It's not too late. And the one point you made that was, was interesting that I tell part of what my motivation too to get out is you see some of these content folks that are killing it. And some of it frustrates me that the sky is blue, 300 likes. I'm like, yeah, that's not reality, right? It's good for them. They got to a point where that, that happens. But where I go back to folks is the 20 the somethings that have big followings that people look to them as subject matter experts, but they have zero experience. But guess what? They're out there, their content's out there and nobody has an alternative. So when I look at folks like me or folks with you know, 15, 20 years of experience, you need to get your voice out there and share that that wisdom and experience because if you don't these <laughs> less experienced people that may not be given the best advice are the ones that people are going to listen yeah. to just for a lack of options so right yeah i agree sometimes people don't kind of see that because it feels like oh it feels so competitive and i'm like fine then just help people <laughs> I like <it. laughs> fine. whichever way you want to look at it it's either competitive or i just want to help people Whichever you know side of the coin you're on, just do it. Well, so I want to definitely, I love to give tips. Um, so what three tips would you give like your ideal, you know, someone that you're working with? What, what are three tips that you can give them to um, improve their businesses? Yeah, start with the problem. Fall in love with solving the problem. And ideally, it's a need to solve problem, not a nice to solve problem. But you can work with either, but it makes it a little more difficult build and add value about how you solve that problem without selling. I mean, that's the, you, you'd sign up for that, that say, Hey, here's some, here's the ways we've dealt with it. Here's the way some of our clients have solved it. And then third is just be visible, right? I think part of it visible, but not obnoxious. I think there's, mm -hmm. there's the point of posting 32 times and it's just not do it. But so I, I think one of my rules and is, if you're going to post, make sure it adds value, right? And maybe I'll give you the, the fourth one is make, it's not self-serving. It can, at your point, just give, 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 and it will come back to you. Karma is real. <laughs> you help people, mm -hmm. it's going to come back and they're going to help you. It, it may not seem like it overnight, but it does pay back. And I've, I've seen it with the podcasts where I've got folks, you know, business more, just for coming on this show, right? Because somebody else had heard them that they hadn't do it. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I wish I would have taken this mindset much more literally. When the corporate world, it was harder to, to do that give, give, give because everybody's fighting for the pie. But since then, God, my life is just so much better when I've taken that approach yeah. versus the uber competitive, I've got to do this because that person's doing that. It's no, man, how do I give? And if we can, I heard uh, it's a podcast called The Process. Paul Shirley, a former NBA player, just he talks about the process all the time. And he was talking about his book that he wrote a book that was a pretty good seller, a second one that would, did pretty well. And then one that was his personal project. He's like, you know what? If 10 people read this book cover to cover, that's amazing when you think about it. We get so caught up in the vanity metrics and, you know, maybe a thousand people bought the book, but how many actually read it? If 10 people read that thing cover to cover that didn't know you, Mm -hmm. that's, that's amazing. And so I think that's what I need yeah. to remind myself a lot of the time is, Hey, if we're helping one person, two people, five people. It's a good thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think 
<clears throat> that one of the one of the things is that um because I've I worked when I've coached people one on one, there's always this thing of like, what's the ROI of my brand? What is when am I gonna start making money? When am I gonna make money? I'm like, hey, well, you're not gonna make money if you go out there. That's like the desperate chick who really wants to get married, right? Yeah. Ooh, no one wants to date her or him, right? Yeah. So you can't go in there like that because everyone because you were talking about how like you can't change your perception. If you go out there like that, people will know and they're going to be like, Ugh, yeah, I don't know. Thanks. That, I don't know. There's something off about that person and their personal brand. Yeah. But yeah, you just it, you just need to go out there and give. And that is going to be what really just attracts. And that's what that will actually help people. But if you go in there, so you have to have something that makes money so that you can give and you're not stressed about when this ROI is going to kick in. Right. And I think that's what you because want towards, right? Because you, as you right. start to figure out who you want to work with, you may have to take some clients to pay the bills, but you want to work towards that that future where it, it, it does, again, it's just such a better business and people are, and customers are happy and your, your business is mm -hmm. going to grow much faster if, if that's the, the approach that you're you're taking with it. One, one last question yeah. for you on, on tips. And <laughs> I, I struggle a little bit because we're taking a point in the sand, draw a line in the sand and say, Hey, this is flat out wrong. I've just never been comfortable just saying, but it seems that you have to put a little bit of a personal lens or what you believe in to drive the business. I have again, no scientific proof. So I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, I know you want to have an opinion. You can't serve everybody, right? So you want to pick that niche right. that you're going after, but it's okay if it's not for you. I'm just curious your perspective on how hard nose or hard line do you take that? That makes sense. Well, so I definitely, so my co-founders will like do a lot of the sales calls and things like that. And so sometimes when they get to me, like, so they came because of me and my personal brand and they talk to him and then maybe they come back to me. I'm the, I'm the mean one. Okay. For lack of a better way. And I usually will say, listen, my, after I graduated from college, I went to New York city. Like I, I don't, I don't dance around a problem. I will, go right to it. If I don't like you, I don't like you. I'll tell you, I don't like you. Like, I just really am like that. And so sometimes I just say, listen, I'm not trying to be abrupt. I'm very in New York, but you know, but obviously you came here for a reason, right? Because it's Claire Bond group. <laughs> and that's who I am. Sometimes you just, I, that's how I preface things. Um, and usually sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't work, but maybe that they're not the right people. Right. But, um, for the most part, yeah, it's, I, you know, you just have to be truthful. Um, a lot of times people won't be able to take it. And, and what I do find too is, is I, I have like a good, um, kind of like, I think about from an empathetic point of view. Okay. They're, they're doing this. They're having this problem. Why? And so I kind of try to diagnose the problem and say, this is what I think is happening. Is this what's happening? So I almost kind of like become a shrink. It's yeah, very strange. Interesting. But I, we literally had this client who was super successful. And just torpedoed everything just was just, it was like, oh my God, we can't do anything because you're so scared of moving forward. What are people going to think? Oh my God, five people commented. Oh, like it was, she's just so freaked about everything. And then we eventually, it was a whole lot of imposter syndrome and whatever, but, but I was the only one, she, you know, her, she was a woman. So I was able to really kind of dig through that. Okay. She just couldn't get over it. And we stopped working with her. Okay. She just couldn't get over it. But we would talk 
And she'd be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. right. I feel like it's when Harry met Sally, you're right, you're right, I know you're right. But nope. they sometimes they can't move forward. Yeah, and there's no sense. way you can, there's nothing you can do. And um, I've actually talked to, I actually talked to another coach who, who teaches. She kind of isn't a psychologist, but she tries to figure out what is wrong with the business because of what's in here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I'm like, I have such high, like, achievers and like CXOs and, and executives that I'm like, Oh gosh, having them do essentially like, you know, here's your psychological evaluation. Let's, so it's like, I can't really do that, but sometimes people really need to figure out what's causing problems in their life. And sometimes yeah. it's things that it, what happened in their childhood or something like that. So that's what I have found. No, I think it's that makes not sense. you being yeah. truthful. It's that they can't, handle it for whatever reason it reminds them of their mean stepdad right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, know? Makes sense. you yeah. just don't know yeah yeah so it's a weird thing because i joke with other i, I have like a couple um, women communities that i um uh, belong to and yeah we're always like what is going on with some of these clients and then we find out that yeah there's it's the imposter syndrome it's it's whatever yes. happened trauma, childhood trauma trauma last week like you just so Sometimes you can't deal with, it just won't work, you can but do. I find yeah. it's better to be truthful, yeah. especially when it's your name and your company and your, you know, what you're doing is on the line. Which comes it's back to, to the point of being authentic, right? Be truthful to you yourself. In the end, that's going to be much easier to, to maintain. And yeah, you're right. It's yeah. interesting. The other thing I find trouble, not troubling, where I, I used to be all about execution, right? So what is the process? We have leads coming. How do we do? But now I'm. I'm saying like 40% of these business owners are, you know, what do you want, right? If you can't even define what you want, how are we going to drive your business to what that goal is? And to me, it used to seem that everybody knows what they want. No, <laughs> they really don't, right? They, until you sit down and make them write that down and say, not just financially, and but why do you want that financially? Is it, you know, I want to take off. I had a, you know, a woman on the podcast and she built a business around, she wants to be off every August, does not want to work in August to go climbing hmm. or do whatever she wants to do. And she built her business and does very well. And that's what I find. It's, it's the, the owners that have actually identified what they want, write it down and are moving towards it, tend to move. It's the ones that are just kind of winging it. That doesn't work very well either. Some get away with it, right? And build and want, but man, it's, it's funny how it just had in the last three years, my, um, appreciation for that has grown dramatically. So, but I think also not necessarily like I'm going to define my goal and my goal is going to come to me. It's you have to be realistic with what it takes to get there. Yes. That's the thing too, because if, if someone's, so this person that wants to be off in August, but they want to be a solopreneur, okay, that's not going to happen. You're probably going to have to hire some people. Right. <laughs> so you have to realize Right. So you're going to have to hire good people. You probably have to take less salary. You have to know what it's going to entail. And you have, because I've had people like clients come to me and they're like, well, I don't understand why I don't have paid speaking engagements. <laughs> they should have listened because to your we podcast haven't established your authority yet. <laughs> that is where it came from. Oh, I no want kidding. you to know I was speaking to that client. That was awesome, by the way. I just, that's when I just listened to Thank the other you. day. So, um, <laughs> But no, you're, you're so right. It is about thinking. I do think you need to think big, right? Because one of the, one of my self reflections I, I came across later in my career was I got very 
incrementally focused, right? Part of it was the corporate part of it is a little better, but where I've had the most success in my career is where I ask myself, why not? Why can't I run a bagel business? I don't know. And, and it, you just go do it and you figure it out. You have to want to figure it out. You just can't go do it and it's going to magically happen. Yeah. But right. I think getting back to that thinking bigger and asking more, maybe why not is works for me. And I, you know, as, as I start to listen to other people, it's, seems to be that's a recurring theme is why can't we, why can't we get to, you know, a million downloads on this podcast, right? It's possible, but you're to your point, what's the work it's going to take to, to, to get it there. And is, are you sure that's really what you want as the, the end game with this? So it's fascinating. It's fascinating yeah. though. <laughs> I know this has been so much fun, Brett. Oh my God. I, I really, this has been such a great conversation. We'll have to do it again. Um, so tell people where can they, where can they, um, connect with you? Yeah. Best place is probably LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. Just Brett trainer, uh, get, said the podcast has been rebranded. Love it. Any but freelancers out there, they're stuck in their business, you know, give it a listen. We're always happy to have more folks or just brettrainer.com is the website. It can link you to everything else. So, uh, I always enjoy our conversation. Claire, this was awesome. Yeah. This was great. Uh, thank you so much, Brett. And thank you for listening and watching. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.